You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. There's no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked on ACC podcast with me and my fellow co-host. You've got to follow Locked on ACC on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We're jumping into today's episode, Kitten Gibbs, host of Locked on Wolfpack. We are kicking off, getting excited about ACC football, right? The countdown is real, 33 days out. We are pumped about it, and we're going to talk about who offensively and defensively we're excited to see this season, who are on our respective, respective teams. We're also going to talk about teams that are going to make leaps and bounds this season, we feel, and then also teams that maybe are getting a little too much preseason hype. So that's all of today's show. We'll round that out and then get you on your way. Ken Gibbs, how was your weekend? It was pretty good. I didn't do much. Just chill back and, and uh, stayed home. And as an adult, whenever you can do that, it's a great. I can't complain. A hundred percent. And so, again, we remind you that 33 days until ACC football, we're back and live in effect. I'm super pumped for a lot of our opening kickoff games. You know, Clemson will be playing Georgia. Carolina will be playing Virginia Tech. A lot of people are going to go right out the gate. Miami playing Alabama saying, okay, should put up or shut up. And so I'm not mad about it. But we do want to talk about some offensive and defensive players who are not on respective teams that we cover throughout the entire week. And so I'm giving my co-host an opportunity to kind of give some love to ACC players elsewhere. So we'll start with the offensive players, right? Ken Gibbs, I want to know who you think offensively is going to kind of make that leap this season and be one of the top guys um, playing for our conference. Well, this was a really tough question for me because I was, I was torn between uh, Jameer Gibbs running back out of Georgia tech and the Eric King. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give the edge. To so so I'll say this right I because I, I wish that I could just use both as my answer as a cop out but if I had to pick one I'd have to say uh, Jameer because I think he'll be more entertaining I think he'll be the more exciting player to watch now with that being said the player who will have the biggest impact on his team based on how well he does or does not do is is because I want to see. If we're just talking exciting entertainment value and all that, uh, Jameer Gibbs is one of those running backs. He can do a little bit of everything, and he does it all very well. And so that puts me in a position of, man, he's going to be a fun guy to watch. Um, but if I'm talking about, you know, who's if he plays well, this will have the biggest impact on the conference. It's definitely there. I mean, at the end of the day, Jameer can rush for 1,500, 1,700, up to about 1,800 yards. And it may not impact the conference at all. Like at Georgia Tech as a team, they bought in some very quality transfers defensively, but Georgia Tech as a team, even if he plays extremely well, I'm not sure that that flips the conference on the head. I'm not sure it does. Um, Dear King, however, if he plays well, then although they were not the Coastal Champions last year because there were no divisions, Miami would have been the coastal champion, all, all things considered. Notre Dame is obviously not a member full-time, so that they don't count. Miami would have been the coastal champions last year. So, of course, 
the starting quarterback on the teams that would have been close to last year is the most important. But most exciting, definitely Jameer. All righty. Well, let's take a step back and talk about Derek King because you said he was the guy that might shift things in terms of the entire conference if he does well. He's coming off a knee injury, as we know, saying he felt 100% at ACC Media Day and feeling like he can truly carry his team into big things and being atop of the Coastal. He was 64% of completion rate, over 2,600 yards on the season last year before going down with that injury. He tied for 23rd when it came to touch, or he, excuse me, he had 23 touchdowns tied for 13th overall in the nation. And he was a guy only had five interceptions on the season. We've seen plenty of times him carry his team and certainly Manny Diaz will look to his leader to do that all the same. Also coming out the gate, playing Alabama, you pretty much are going to know where the team is at offensively because Miami, I mean, Alabama defenders are not going to be playing around. So I definitely understand why people are hyped on Derek. However, we are putting so much pressure on a young man who probably is not a hundred percent healed. If we're going to be honest. Where do they get these new ACLs from? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Last time I checked, when you tear ACL, even Adrian Peterson in his Superman-like recovery was like, what, seven, eight months? De'Aaron tore his in, uh, he tore his in, uh, what was it, in January? Was it December, January? It had to be around December during the uh, It was during both bowl. season. Yeah, it was during both season. So it had to be during December. So we're looking at it. <laughs> I'm sorry to, to do this chuckle here, but I, I'm not understanding where they get these bionic ACLs from because last time I checked, even off of seven to eight months, that was still going. Now, maybe I'm wrong now. December is the last month of the year, correct? So eight months from then puts us at August. That means you should just be 100% come August and on the same day, typically, or near the same day of where you tore it, or else it'd be seven and a half months. I, what, what, what's I going mean, on? Maybe he was in the game ready, and he was getting iced up all the time, all day long, around the clock, getting cared because he just knew that he could not go out on an injury and was really having a hype. I mean, he probably would have gone, tried to give himself consideration to go to the NFL had he not gotten injured. I'll tell you what, they must have got a god ready down there at, at Miami. <laughs> I ain't no game ready to get your knee right this quickly. But um, I, I don't know. And another thing, I don't know what's going on with Florida teams and wanting to play um, Alabama to start off the season. Did y'all not see what happened to Florida State? I don't I don't know why y'all think y'all immune. That game right there was the that was uh, the uh, it's equivalent to when the Titanic actually hit the ice. Because from that moment forward, it was literally the fastest descent that I've ever seen for a national perennial national power type of program. I've never seen a team go from what Florida State was to what they were before, like maybe the first year of Taggart that quickly. I've never seen it. So why Miami want to go play them? I don't know. But after that, you know, it'll be one of those games. Uh, Nick Saban talks about how his team at Michigan State got whooped on by a thousand by Tom Osborne at Nebraska. Tom Osborne told him after the game, you're not as bad as, as that score reflects. And it may be one of those games for Miami. Because I don't think that they've got a shot, but I think that it'll, I think that they're bet, probably going to be a better team next week. A hundred percent. Well, like I said, we have some really good guys to go over defensively. We're going to switch gears here and talk about defensive players that we're excited about. But first, we want to remind you guys about Bill Barr. 
the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors, up to nine? And if you haven't tried all of them, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, and more. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macro, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only four to five grams of sugar. Listen, they are amazing flavors, all tasting, all healthy. Order today and get the, gra- and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever one you would like. Built Bar is the official protein bar for the U.S. track and field team. And we know we have seen some of these men and women dominating out there in Tokyo lately. So you never know. It could definitely be a part of that Built Bar gang. Make sure you order yours today at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Now, jumping gears, talking about the defensive side of things, we have some players here at the ACC who are certainly going to make some leaps and bounds this season. I feel like I have a strong guess as to who defensively you think is going to be great, but I'm going to let you answer because I don't want to be jumping out the frame and be completely off. Well, now, wait a minute. I want to hear who you who you think I'm going to get. Who do you... Defensively? Yeah. Peyton Wilson. Oh, well, I, I thought it had to be from outside of oh, our yeah, school. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's I, right. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that he's one of the best defenders in the nation. But <laughs> yeah, well, outside of our school, who who would you guess that I was going to get? Jeremiah Gibbon. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, Tamon Fox. You do like the Fox brothers. No, you Fox, spoke, I, you're I talking have, highly about Tamari. Oh, Tamar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tamar, you know, I, I really do. I really do. And Tamon uh, was one of the leaders in uh, leaders and pressures that's coming back in the ACC last year. However, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm showing Georgia Tech a lot of love. And I, I thought, I thought long and hard about this because I, I'm, I thought Jordan Dominic is, might be my guy that I, that I vote for um, in this instance. However, and, and this hurts my heart to do. This. It really does. <laughs> I love me a lockdown corner and, and Booth from Clemson is he is as exciting as I've seen out there on the, on the edge of that, uh, out there on the edge of that Clemson defense going up against the best wide receivers in the country. So Dominic is a close second. He's a close second. Love the way he plays the game. He's got some violent hands. He's a clear example of why stats are not always accurate for guys who play on the line of scrimmage, because while he only had one and a half sacks last year, he was all over the film. You watch the games. Dominic was constantly one of those guys who was penetrating, getting in the backfield, making things happen, disrupting plays, disrupting quarterbacks, uh, passing motion. But Booth is just, he is, he is something different. And I think that he may be the second best defender in this conference outside of Peyton. Well, what are your thoughts on just in general, you know, trying to find the best linebackers? ACC Network came out with a list and they had NC State being one of the top you know, parts of it. I know we were talking about different teams, but we also talk about Clemson in general. And a lot of talk was about Brett Venables and his young core, not exactly stepping up to the plate. But do you think that this year is really completely different and Clemson's going to be back to business? No, no. I mean, Brett Venables, Brett Venables is a really great uh, defensive mind, right? He is an amazing defensive mind. Anybody who tells you otherwise, liar. However, it's not about your X's and your O's. It's about your Larry's and your O's. If you look at Tanner Mays and Isaiah Simmons, those two, I don't think that in the history of, of, of in recent history, rather, 
we have seen two guys with more versatility do more things on one deep. Like people take it take for granted how good Isaiah Simmons was when he was. He could rush off the edge and he could drop back in coverage. Now, when you think, oh, drop back in coverage, you're like, oh, you can, you know, maybe take away a hook curl or something like that every now and then. This man, uh, what what's that young man's name? Jordan? No, not. Yeah, is it it Fields? Justin Fields. Justin Fields, uh, now of the Chicago Bears, formerly of Ohio State. He threw like four interceptions. He threw four interceptions his uh, junior year. And one of them was to Isaiah Simmons, who was dropping back on a deep half. A deep half of the field. Now, I know that some people are hearing me get excited about that, wondering what's the importance there. Somebody who can rush off the edge, also being asked to take away a deep half of the field? Unless your name is Jamal Adams, you just don't ask both of those things of people on a regular basis. But he was a guy. So, I mean, and then uh, with Tanner, you had a guy who, he was a hybrid safety linebacker type. He could play in the box. He had a lot of range, a lot of speed, all that good stuff. At the end of the day, it's not so much that Brent Venables has fallen off or people are figuring him out. He just didn't have the same. Even with all the five stars and all that, stars do not accurately represent what players are. Because Isaiah Simmons is what, a two, three star? So I guess you're trying to say James Stosky is not going to deliver what Isaiah Simmons. Oh, absolutely not. No. No, oh, heavens no. James Kowski, you're not that guy, Kyle. You're not that guy. So when we talk about teams overall, we did mention that we wanted to bring up who kind of is getting a little too much hype going before we talk about teams that are going to make leaps and bounds. Trying to give the, you know, this, the bitterness before we give the sweetness. I want to talk about who you feel as if is getting too much hype. And again, I feel like I know the answer, but maybe I'm going to let you try it because, you know, I don't want to overspeak. Well, I, I'm, I'm inviting you to the floor. Who do you think my? I 100% know it's Carolina because we've had this show multiple times now. So I'm really almost positive you're going to say the hype around Carolina is way too big. No, I'm disappointed in you that you would think. Yeah, you know me all too well. Absolutely the answer. Is I mean, at the end of the day, again, this is a team that uh, would have finished second in the Coastal last year had Notre Dame not been in the conference and had there been divisions. They lost a ton of production at every position offensively except quarterback. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a top 15. Or yeah, that's a top 15 team in the nation. Huh? The, the math thing. Do matters. you account Joffrey Brown? Do you account Ty Chandler coming in? He's going to be an extreme impact out the gate. Or- Assuming. But, and, and here's my problem with that. Here's, here's my only problem. Anytime that you assume freshmen will come in and be dominant. You're not working or operating. But Ty Taylor's not a freshman. I'm sorry. Anytime you assume that transfers coming in will come in and make a world of difference. I've, Corey Durden and Cyrus Faye, two guys that some people say are NFL ready, transferred in the NCAA. I am not immediately screaming, Durden is the replacement for Aleem McNeil and Cyrus Fagan is the best safety. And I don't know how they're going to react to the new system, the new expectations, new environment, new coaching staff. I don't know. And I think that it's a bad bet to immediately bet on them dominating. To bet on them playing well, sure. But to bet on somebody dominating and replacing uh, all, of, all that was lost last year, 
stop it, get some help, put them drugs down. You know, I know that there's a lot of defunding of those programs going on, but we can get you some help. So do you think it's more too much hype on Carolina as a whole team or too much hype on Sam Howell? I think it's too much hype on the team as a whole because the, people say the quarterback is the most important position in football. And of course, the rules have literally been bent in a way to encourage high scoring, to encourage healthy quarterbacks, to make it harder on defenders to stop quarterbacks. So, of course, quarterback is the most important position in the game, but it's also the most dependent position in the game, right? A, a great defensive tackle. You can apply pressure even if your corners are terrible. It just means you're not going to get there very often because you're going to have receivers. As a quarterback, if your receivers aren't up to snuff, if you don't have a De'Ami Brown able to take the top off of everybody who decides to press, if you don't have a, a Daz Newsom who, when the ball is in his hands, he's absolutely electric. If you don't have a, a Javante, um, what, what was Javante? Javante Williams and a, a Michael Carter back there, you don't, you just, those things are things that we act as if, oh, it doesn't matter as long as you've got the quarterback. Last time I checked, Sam Howell did not lead the ACC and was top five in the nation in broken tackles. That was Williams. And, and, and you can't say, well, they were so concerned about Sam that everybody forgot how to tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe you. I, look at how hard I believe you. But, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I just think that they lost too much to come back and, and be a perennial force. And then the other part of that is you would think the way that everybody was talking last year that they would have at least won their side of the division and they didn't and they lost a ton and everybody's like, they've gotten better this year. Well, I think that 2020 is such a hard parameter for me personally. I think for all teams, like I think Georgia Tech's going to do a lot better than they showed. I think Duke's going to do a lot better than they showed. I think Syracuse is going to do better than they showed last season. Now, will it be leaps and bounds, like five wins, 10 wins? Like, you know, no, but Syracuse is going to win more than one game. I, I book it here. Duke is going to win more than two games. Like, I just don't, I mean, Chase Bryce leap. Like, I think it's just 2020 is a hard, hard year to kind of gauge. But I'm not disagreeing with you whatsoever in what you say. I, you know, got to get opinions from all my hosts this week. So this is the questions that we'll be asking, getting different opinions from the guys. So you got to come back every day to hear who else might be dogging on Carolina or who might be loving Carolina. But we're going to end the show talking about the hype around a certain teams who Kenton Gibbs feels will going to make leaps and bounds and improvements. But first, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Please use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, running on today's show, Kitten Gives. Please let me know. I got feeling it. We talked down about my team. It's okay. I'm still here with you. I want to know, though, who you feel like is going to make the most improvement going into 2021 this fall. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State. I know that Drake was pretty upset uh, with me last time when I was talking about uh, how Florida State had been a complete and total mess. But here's the, here's the good thing out of being a complete total mess. When you get to the, uh, when you get to the floor, when you get to the, the, the ground zero, the only way it's 
And I don't think that we'll see a Florida State team that was as bad as last year again for some time. Not only because, um, not only because Norvell has another year and he's gaining or hopefully gaining the trust of the players, but also it's just a de facto thing of as older players leave and you bring in more of your recruits, you bring in more players who have the ability to, uh, or not who have the ability, but who have confidence and trust in you because you're their guy, they're your guy. You get what I'm saying? As opposed to, oh, this is, I'm a Taggart guy. I'm a, trust me, I came into a situation with a brand new coach and there was a lot of that going on in the locker room. And I, and, and the fact of the matter is always simple. A house divided cannot. And a house divided on, oh, I'm a Taggart guy, I'm a Norvell guy, I'm a this guy, I'm a that guy. You're, you're going to have a hard time. I think the Florida State is going to be much improved just based on the fact that they were god off. Not let that win over the boys and baby blue fool you. They were just there. Well, I think it helps that they now have their quarterback, McKenzie Milton, and I think that they have clear path on what they want to do and who they're trying to be. Jordan Trapp, of course, will be ready and available, but it seems as if they have much better flow and know who they want to be. They know the kind of program they want to be moving forward, and they know what they're trying to get back to. Florida State's name and brand holds a lot of weights. We all know that when you go down there to Tallahassee, you're going to have to play your best ball, period, whether the team is bad or not. So I think high energy games, I think what they're trying to um, do this season and completely agree that Norvell finally has his guys in those locker rooms that he can really kind of hold those skills is going to be key and important. So I'm, I'm with that pick. I, I'm not mad at all. But we're going to hear more. From our other hosts throughout the week and on Friday, I'm going to drop mine and all of the questions will be answered. So you got to come back. because I know you're eager to hear who my thoughts and opinions were. Don't want to say it every single day because I feel as if, you know, I can make a case for all the people that I pick. So can't wait to have you guys back. Before we go, can't, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you guys that betting is so important in sports. We see that it can be done right and it certainly can be done wrong and hopefully people are getting themselves together but if you want to hear about the importance of betting i strongly encourage you guys to hit up locked on bets it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bet podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get the daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. And until next time, we are out of here. Kitten Gibbs and Candace Cooper. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 